And they're like, why are you complaining? Like you just stream video games. Like that's mm -hmm. the easiest job in the world. But like people don't realize that fans are much more willing to like share their feedback with a creator than to like talk to a brand. This, this is a scam. There's no way Bandai is actually reaching out to them. Hey, welcome to Behind the Frames podcast. This is a podcast about creativity, content, and entrepreneurship. Today, we are joined by Julian DeSantos. He is a video creator, also known as the new type Seiji. He runs the Gundam Universe Instagram page, also does live stream on Twitch, and commentary videos on YouTube. He started creating content back in 2013 when he was 16, and now the page has grew over 100,000 followers. The issue with that is kind of just the, the difference between the page itself and then my other content because my other content is under like my creator name is Seiji whereas the Gundam page is like people see it as like its own separate thing they don't really and I felt much better about what I do in the past year than probably the past like five years combined. Today we talked about how his relationship with the franchise and with free creating video has evolved over the past 10 years. We talked about the collaboration he did with Ben Dynamco. We also talked about his strategy and vision for the page in the future. Welcome to my conversation with Julian. Hey Julian, congrats on 10 you, years of running the Gundam Universe page. This is this is the month. This this month is the 10 year anniversary. I think it was November 3rd that I started it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, crazy how, how does that feel? It's it's weird, man. It's like I started this when I was 16, when I was in high school. So I would have been like grade 10 or grade 11. Now I'm 26. I've been graduating university for like four years. I never like when I started it, it was just like this thing that I was doing for fun. Like I I started it because I wanted to like share my passion for Gundam. I wanted to post like cool pictures from the anime because I would look for them myself on Google and just wouldn't be able to find them. So I was like, what if I just do this myself? So I would just like screenshot on my laptop and then post them to the Instagram. And then it kind of just grew from there. But I never really expected it to get to even like 100,000 or even like 50,000. Like it was just something that I was doing for fun. So it's definitely been like a crazy ride and it's been, it's opened up like so many other doors with like other content that I do and things like that. Like now I'm trying really hard to grow my YouTube and like my other platforms and it's led to some, a few opportunities with brands. So like, yeah, it's just been, it's just been wild. And I'm, I'm super thankful for like all the people that continue to support the page and, you know, share their passion for Gundam with me. Right. So mm, like 10 years, man, like, like, that's like almost half of your lifetime and like <laughs> yeah, exactly ago, that's like it's almost half yeah yeah it's almost half it's it's crazy and back in like in high school like you said you're 16 right like yeah when when did you get into like Gundam and everything oh even like another 10 years before that like when I was like six <laughs> so like yeah it's like my um so I'm half Chinese my grandpa lives with us on my Chinese side and he would go home to Hong Kong like once or twice a year when I was a kid. Now he stays here like every, like all year round, but he mm -hmm. used to go home uh, a couple times a year and he would bring back like games and like DVDs from Hong Kong. And one of those was Gundam. So he brought me back like a Gundam PS2 game when I was like six. And since then I've just kept playing the games. I kept watching the shows and it's just become this like massive part of my life. So, yeah. Wow. And when you were in high school or even back in like elementary school, like, do you find 
people who also like are into Gundam like you or is it it's, like not a thing? It's probably it's not such a, a rare occurrence. Yeah, like there's there's usually like some people that at least know what it is, but yeah. there aren't a lot of people that are kind of into it to the same degree that I am, right? Like cuz I I've watched most of the shows, like I build the model kits, I play the games, and then of course I create content. Most people that like I've met that at least know about Gundam, they just like happen to watch some show when it was on TV cuz like there were some series that were on like Toonami and like, I think even on like Teletoon, if you remember Teletoon, like way back in the day. So mm -hmm. people might've caught some glimpses on it, of it on TV and things like that. But there's not many people that are actually like super into the franchise and like keep up with it. Cause it's just not as popular here as it is in Japan. And within North America itself, I, I figure that most people that know about it are probably in the United States and not in Canada. So. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Why do you say that? Probably just because of like population size, right? Like Canada, we're so small by comparison to the States. So at least like in the States, like, okay, as an example, it probably wasn't the same thing like back then, yeah. but now, so if I want to uh, get model kits to build for myself, I have to find like a hobby shop to go buy them at. And the closest one that I think to me is uh, in Markham, which is like 45 minutes away, whereas in the States, you can just get the kits in Target. Like, they're just widely available. It's, again, it's still not as popular as in Japan, but like, when I used to go visit my brother in Pittsburgh, we would just go to the Target for like, you know, whatever, groceries or to do shopping, and there would be Gundam model kits there that I could buy. And with with the franchise, like, there are animes, there are model kits, there mm -hmm. are all, all kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. And every year, it kind of cycles. How would you describe your passion, your affinity to Gundam? Has it been linear? Has it been fluctuating? That's actually a good question. I, re I do remember there was like a period, I think, shortly after I started the page in high school, where I went through these phases where, you know, for a few months, I'd be super, super into Gundam, Gundam and I'd be rewatching like old shows and stuff like that. And then I go through a period of like another few months where I just wouldn't really be yeah, I just didn't really have any interest in watching anything. I, the posts would slow down on the Instagram. Like I just wasn't really feeling it. Mm -hmm. But since like, I don't know, since I was like 18, 19 and the page started seeing like real growth. Cause like, I think it took me a year to hit the first thousand followers mm -hmm. uh, after I started it. And then I think the next thousand only took me like a month or two. So like once the page started to pick up and I realized that there were so many people that were also interested in it, I think that kind of fueled my interest even more and made me want to keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there were definitely periods where it wasn't exactly linear the whole way. There were definitely some periods where I kind of lost interest and I was like, oh, this is for kids. Like it's, you know, I'm too cool for this because I was in high school, whatever. Um, but no, like, yeah, since I've been basically like a young adult, I've kind of been kind of always on the upswing. Because if I think about like, like my affinity or my passion for like, maybe music instruments or maybe yeah, for yeah. sports like it kind of really do fluctuate a lot and when you are making content out of this like, mm -hmm. like the intrinsic like interest for the domain it's like it's really what's driving yeah how you're spending time like exactly get get out of your bed like and you certainly don't have to do this but you chose to spend the time to go on twitch and like stream yeah. to make all these content i think that's like that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like it. If you don't have that kind of interest and it's not like genuine, usually people can tell, right? 
Like if you're just, you know, trying to stream or you're trying to make like a YouTube video and you're not really excited about what you're talking about, or like you, it's clear that you're just doing it because you think you should be doing it, or you're just doing Mm -hmm. it because, you know, you think you're going to make money from it. Most of the time, people watching that content can probably tell that like your heart's not really in it or that you're not really genuine. Like people like watching things, watching content that feels authentic and feels genuine. Right. So I think that's a really like in those periods where I wasn't really feeling, you know, my best or I wasn't super into it. That's why I kind of just like took a step back because I didn't want to feel like I had to force myself. So that's a great mindset because not, not just like, I feel like particularly like with all kinds of like channels and media, like it, like it, it's a lot about like being relevant um, and you kind of have to put things out there. Otherwise, like, like your for you pages, your, your spot. Otherwise the algorithm will leave you behind. Yeah. He's going to leave you behind. So like you, you have to put things out there, but it's very important to like, make sure like, like, like you, you make content, you only make content when, when your heart is there or like when your motivation is there not just for sure like putting out content it's like yeah. it's like it, it 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 might objectively not the best for your channel but it's best for you it's like yeah it, exactly the most important part of uh, like making content is like if you are ready if you're like care enough to do this and put this out there so yeah because I, th- I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you know you know you, you see people talk about all the time when people talk about twitch streamers and they say things like oh like get a real job or like when they see Twitch streamers compare about their job or complain about their job, kind of discussion pieces and kind of things like character analysis, narrative analysis, things like basically things that are a little bit more thought provoking Mm -hmm. and sitting down to write something like that and then edit it and kind of iterate as you go that again, that's not an easy thing to do. Like it takes hard work. And if you're not truly into it, like that becomes very, very difficult. So Mm -hmm. What yeah yeah what a lot of people don't realize is that content creation like is difficult. So if you're if your heart isn't really in it, like it becomes that much more challenging to actually make it because you know it's not easy. Yeah, hundred percent. And I I do want to touch into that in a bit, but before we get into the hardships and process of making content, like I wanted to like ask this question, like when you mm-hmm. first started out making content, like. Like back in 16 you're just posting all these screenshots from like anime from games yeah, yeah so to show like cool characters like cool setups cool kids uh i don't know if it's the right word like is it is there a vision for for your channel like is it meant to be like a fan page like did you want to grow a community or yeah post pictures out there and be like oh like that's cool let me see if people like it yeah, I think when I started it, there wasn't really much of a of a vision for it. It was like you said, it was kind of just me posting pictures and being like, hey, like if anyone wants to see cool pictures from the anime like I did when I was younger and I couldn't really find them, like they can go to this page to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I think now it's kind of shifted in terms of yes, now I do have a clear vision for the page and that's to be like like it says in my Instagram bio, it says your number one source for all things Gundam. So whether it's anime, whether it's games, whether it's model kits, whether it's fan art, whether it's people that make custom model kits and you want to look at that, like I try to encompass as much of the franchise as possible in that page mm-hmm. so that people have kind of like a one-stop shop. So whenever they scroll on Instagram or whenever they open up Instagram, they know that they can go to my page and they can find almost whatever they could possibly be looking for as it relates to Gundam. So that's kind of what the 
what the vision for the page is now. Mm. And then, you know, on the side, you also have the content that I'm doing that's kind of separate from the page. And we can get into that later. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I could think about it, it's like the way that you put it uh, earlier, it's like different functionality. It's like anime, games, um, model kits, fan arts, yeah. custom model like creators. And there's also like another, let's say it's a horizontal piece, which is like the the types of content that you make up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the primary pro- primary platform remains on Instagram, but you yeah. also do stream on Twitch. Exactly. You also have a YouTube channel where you make like longer form videos. Yep. So it's 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 very delicate. It's very complex if you think about like Gundam <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand. So For it's, sure. it's amazing. Thanks, man. Um can I'm curious when you when you when you run I like in a community, <laughs> a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Um, how, how do you, how do you spend time? Uh, that's a good question. So a lot of what I've been doing has been, or a lot of how I spend my time when it comes to content has changed in the past year or so. And that's because I've been taking a more active approach to my content as opposed, as opposed to kind of just going, going through the motions, I guess. I don't know how else Mm -hmm. to put it. Like for a while I was kind of just like on Instagram, for example, I was just kind of posting whenever I felt like it, like every, I don't know, two, sometimes three, four days, whatever I felt like posting. And then when it came to YouTube, like most of my YouTube was just like gameplay of this one specific Gundam game series that I liked because I was like, I really like this. I want to have like a niche for this game so that people that want to watch this game know they can go to my channel. Um, And then I kind of started to change that mindset because of like two things so the first was um when bandai approached me and asked me to kind of act as you know they call it a community champion to basically bridge the gap between them and the uh and the wider gundam community Mm -hmm. and having that kind of exposure to both the community managers in bandai as well as other creators other gundam creators that i just hadn't really interacted with up to that point was a big eye opener because I realized like how many different types of things that you can do when it comes to your content. Um, and then the other thing was when I went to school, when I went back to school, I should say, I did a one year program at Seneca College for esports marketing. And one of my profs was just like super interested in my content and what I did. And he was saying that I was basically not really utilizing my platform to the fullest and that, you know, it, does have potential for me to kind of turn it into a full-time thing one day. So that kind of set off a switch in my head. And I was like, oh, like I should take this more seriously and actually attempt to seek out opportunities and change things up and try and grow the the entire platform. So that's kind of when I started doing stuff on YouTube that was, I started talking in my videos, which I was previously like too shy to even consider because I would be like too anxious. Now I started doing like commentary in my YouTube videos I started streaming with a webcam like before I never streamed with a webcam because I was like, I don't want people to see my face. Like I'm nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I'll, let me start doing that. And then on Instagram now for the past, I want to say like four months, what I've been doing is posting every single day. So not just kind of, again, not just going through the motions, kind of posting whenever I feel like it or whenever I remember to, yeah. like I make a habit of like scheduling posts, whatever it is, three, four five days in advance so that I have one post for every single day of the week. That way, you know, 
people get more activity on their feed, more people are engaging with the posts and commenting and liking and following. And that really helped the page grow even more because there was a period where I was stuck around, I think it was 111,000 uh, followers on Instagram. And since I started posting, like I was stuck there for probably like three months. And since I started posting every single day, that's now gone to 115. I think I'm about to hit 116,000 in whatever it was, the four months. So it just goes to show by like actively trying to, you know, taking an active role in your, or yeah, an active role in your content and making an effort to actually try and grow your platform. Like people see that and then they reciprocate, right? Mm, I see. I see. When, like, I, I guess like when, when, when your prof says that you're not utilizing your platform to the fullest, Mm-hmm. I guess my question to you is like, what do you think success look like, or like, what do you, what do you think is good? What do you think is good? Yeah, I mean, I think in his case, he was saying it as in like, like you could do this full time. Like you're not because I he asked me, he's like, are you like, you know, are you making like any income from this? And I was like, not really. But in terms of like, what I think is like ideal, or what I think is good in terms of like what success looks like for a creator, it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily has to do with money um, because obviously, you know, I think the the obvious goal of every creator is to be able to do this as a full-time job, right? It's something that creators like doing. So obviously if it's something you're passionate about and you can make it your job, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the ultimate goal or the, the vision of success, if you want to put it that way, should just be like enjoying the content that you're making and constantly making improvements because for the last you know few years what i was doing was fairly like static and i felt much better about what i do in the past year than probably the past like five years combined Mm -hmm. just because of the changes that i made to my content um you know how i've been able to grow the instagram page the opportunities i've been able to seek out with like other brands and things like that but especially when it comes to YouTube, like now lately, like I have a, a notes app in my phone and I'm just constantly writing down like ideas for videos that I want to try. And then just trying to find time in my week between all the other stuff that I'm doing to sit down and write scripts and figure out how I'm going to concept these things. Because for me, right now, at least I find YouTube more fun than Instagram because Instagram, like what I'm doing at the end of the day is like, I'm basically like providing like news and like slight entertainment but for youtube it's it really leans into that entertainment factor right and it allows me to be more creative and my favorite thing about making videos right now is like when you start with like one idea and then you slowly start to make it and then whether you know you and i have a conversation like this or i speak to another creator and they give me some advice about like how i can make the video better or I watch another creator's YouTube video and they, that gives me an idea for what I can change. And you slowly iterate over the process of making that content. And then by the time it's done, it's completely different than the original idea that you concepted, but it's like so much better. And that's such a cool process to see. That's my favorite part about it right now. And that's why I love YouTube so much. So yeah, when it comes to like the vision for success, I think it's like still loving doing this and you know feeling like you're constantly improving because that's a that's a mm. good feeling right no matter what you're doing absolutely like the um, 
idea of I, I think there's like this saying of um do what you love versus like love what you do yeah, yeah. So it's like do what you love it's like it's like the the base layer the amateur level and then yeah, yeah, love yeah. what you do it's like the um, intermediate expert level yeah. like if you just do what you love it's like it, it, it feels great at the moment um but it would never take you really far because you always be distracted with some other shiny objects right yeah, but if, yeah. you would, if you love what you do it's like it's like you, you you're really focusing on like um doing one thing and finding joy from like the idea of like learning something new or like yeah, yeah. something exactly it's like you, you, you saw you talked about like um really like how how the idea at the beginning turned out to be super different at the end like yeah, yeah. incorporate like other ideas and like feedback yeah. and like it's like it's even like when you make the next video, it's like a little bit better than from the past video. When I think about like videos, it's like it, it's very hard to make. Um, it, it's very hard to make. So yeah, yeah. To the least, is it might be an understatement to say like that's just hard. It's like super hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also because it's like super hard to make. Uh, it's like there's more room for creativity. There's more exactly. room for like editing. There's more yeah. room for like expression. So like I think it's mm-hmm. also very cute very beautiful yeah. uh, it's hard to like encompass like all the things that you do in like <laughs> 10 years into like this yeah. little podcast but let, sure. let's start maybe like chronologically um, over the past 10 years like um there there are probably three big phases in your life that i could imagine which is like mm-hmm. first like going from high school to university then like throughout university and graduated yep. from university yep. and now like um doing this full-time or before you work in a job like yeah like, let's start with the first phase like like yeah. going from high school um towards the end of high school like how See, how was that like for you the the transition from high school to university was probably the biggest transitory period like in my entire life like mm-hmm. um in high school i didn't really enjoy high school that much I kind of just, uh, I kind of like bounced around between friend groups and things like that. Like I didn't really have like a core group of friends that I stuck with throughout high school. Like, you know, my brother, he's still friends with like his high school friends that he had known for years. Whereas like, I didn't like, I don't really keep in touch with anyone from high school. Cause I just haven't really felt a need to aside from there was one guy that I ended up living with in university because he ended up going to the same, uh, he also went to Laurier. So high school itself, like. I don't really have any sort of whether it's like strong feelings either way, whether it's like regrets or like fond memories, like it's just kind of whatever. Hmm. But the transition from high school to university was crazy. Um, I specifically remember the summer before just (laughs) stressing for like two months straight because like I consider myself to be like a very introverted person and I'm a very cautious person too. So like new experiences scare the shit out of me so i had never lived away from home before like and i was going to be moving away by myself i wasn't going to know anybody except for obviously the one guy from high school and i was like how am i gonna how am i gonna make friends how am i gonna get through this like i've never i've never lived on my own like i don't know if i can do this so i was just stressing for like two months straight mm. um and then i moved in on my first day and i think within like a month i probably considered 
like everyone on my floor, all the guys on my floor, because I was in an all guys res for first year. Okay. I, I considered all the guys on my floor to be like closer friends than like anyone I had known in high school. Like it was such a crazy transition. And I, I opened up so much more. I became much more, I still don't consider myself an extrovert, but I became a lot more extroverted just from the experience of being at university, you know, learning how to be independent. So that, that period was huge for me, that transition. Um, and I genuinely look back on, remember I said, like, I don't really feel a strong way about high school, like one way or the other, but I look back on like my first year of university and that was like one of the best times of my life. I see. And how does that kind of tie into the page? Like page? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I kind of had more time during high school to work on it or like be active on it, I guess, because like I said, like I wasn't spending a lot of time with friends and doing things like that. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of time to be posting on the page. Whereas when I went to university, that's kind of when I started to, you know, sort of only post whenever I remember to, or every few days or something, because I was having so much fun doing other things. Yeah. So, and keep in mind when, uh, when I was in high school and at the start of university, I hadn't started um, posting on YouTube yet. I hadn't started live streaming. So the only thing that I was doing was the Instagram page. And in retrospect, when you look at it, when you're only focused on doing the one thing versus right now, like I have like five different platforms that I'm posting on, it's very different. It's much less work, right? So I kind of had the opportunity to, I guess, use more of my free time because the page didn't require that much attention. I could have taken it more seriously. I could have been posting every day like I'm doing now. I just wasn't because I was doing other things. Um, The one thing that I will say other than that is I found that people in, maybe it's just my um, perception of it, but I felt that people in university were much less this anime themed Instagram page because I don't know. I feel like back when I was in high school, like anime wasn't big or as big as it is now. And it was still kind of viewed as like a thing that, you know, that's, you know, for like nerds or whatever, like socially awkward kids. Yeah. So I always kind of felt embarrassed about even telling people that I had the page other than like close friends in high school. Whereas in university, like I was much more open about talking about it. And the people that I shared it with were just like, kind of like how you are. They're like really impressed and they wanted to hear more about it. And that was like really big for my confidence as a creator. Um, which I think eventually led to, you know, when I started posting on YouTube, which wasn't until like 2017. So I think that was like my second or third year of, uh, of university. I see. And what, I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what got you started on YouTube? On YouTube, it was the launch of a specific game. So there was um that arcade series that I talked about. That's like a, it's like a Gundam fighting game. That's uh really big in Japan. They did try to release like its own kind of version. So like that version is called like Gundam Extreme Versus. And then instead of porting one of those games over here again, they tried to make a console only game that was just called Gundam Versus. So they dropped the extreme part because that was their way of like differentiating it. Um, And they developed it exclusively for PlayStation. So Mm -hmm. when that game came out, I started playing it a lot and I only knew like again i only saw like a few people that were making content about it at least in north america i'm sure there was a bunch of people in japan that were 
So I was like, let me post my gameplay. I thought I was pretty good. I was not, but that's not important. Um, so I was like, let me post my gameplay and, you know, people can watch because I watch other people play. Why not? Like, mm-hmm. why not me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what kicked it off. So I started posting around the time that game launched in 2017. And there was a time period where <laughs> it was funny that I just said, like, in my first year, I had so much time because I only had the Instagram page. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when this game came out, there was a period where I was posting a video every single day on my YouTube channel. And granted, like, it's just gameplay. So it's not like I have to do what I do now, which is like script everything and then record yeah. a script and then edit it all together, which takes hours. Mm-hmm. But it was still recording and then editing together, quickly editing together a video to go up every single day. So that was unsustainable. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't going to work with, uh, with my classes and everything like that. But that was still like how I got my start. It was that game specifically. Yeah. Let's see. Was there like um do you find any like a DJ moment when you just like like throw everything away and, and just play <laughs> games? Like where I where I like just completely ne- neglected my classes and stuff? <laughs> yeah. No no no. I don't I don't think I ever got that far, thankfully. Um but there were there was somewhere it was close. It was more like not ignoring my classes, but it was like staying up too late and then being tired the next mm-hmm. morning for class because I was gaming until whatever, three in the morning. But I see. Yeah. Do you have, do you find it hard to balance both like at a time? Uh, it definitely was, yeah. Because um, like obviously university is very busy. You have to learn how to manage your own time, which again, it's not something that I had done before. Right when you're in high school, everything is kind of laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and like you know having a social life, um, you know having these friends that I want to hang out with and all that stuff. And at Laurie specifically, like it was very easy to hang out with people just because the campus is so small. So like I could walk through campus to the other side where my friend, where my best friends lived in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So like, it was just very accessible. Um, so yeah, it was definitely hard to balance both. But again, I think because the content that I was making at that time was very low effort, essentially mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, I was able to make it work just because, you know, like now I don't have to put hours and hours into a single video. Fast forward a little bit, like let's say when you when you graduate from college, when you graduate mm-hmm. from Laurie, like what was the plan with the channel? At the at the time, like and it kind of still is, is like to grow it to a point where I can do this full time. Um the issue with that is kind of just the the difference between the page itself and then my other content, because my other content is under like my creator name is Seiji, whereas the Gundam page is like people see it as like its own separate thing. They don't really associate it with me as a person, right? Because right. it's more of like a news source. So the goal is just to, you know, keep growing my other channels, keep growing the Instagram page while also, you know, looking for a full-time job. Because I basically, I started working like four months after I graduated. So I only had like a four-month period where I was really doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you know, I was still, um, I was still posting on YouTube and stuff like that. But by then... So that would have been 2019. By then, that game that had come out in 2017 was really starting to slow down because people were getting bored of it. It also just wasn't as good as the ones in Japan. So (laughs) there's a lot of things that people didn't like about it. So that game had really started to slow down. So viewership was dropping uh, quite a bit. So that's when I started kind of looking into other games. Um, There was like some other, a couple other Gundam games that I like experimented with and tried throwing some stuff up on the channel as well. But again, there's only so much you can do when you're not talking. 
and yep. you're only the only thing you're providing is gameplay because that's you're not really providing much value to the viewer. Uh, it was mainly just like continue to grow as much as I could while also trying to balance like finding a full time job and other stuff like that. I see, I see, and I'm actually quite curious. Um, I think we had this conversation before, like. When you're making content based on the Gundam franchise, um, it also really depends on like the state of the franchise itself, like the yes. games that they put out, the animes 100%. that you put out, and you have completely no control of that. I don't. Yeah, you just kind of so, have to deal with the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. So, like, how how do you feel about that? It's definitely tough because. The franchise, as we've talked about, is already not big here, right? So you kind of, you're already working at a disadvantage, essentially, because most Gundam content that gets made is Japanese, especially when it comes to the games. Um, and when you just have a bad year, like this year has been a weird year because like the the most recent anime, which for Mercury, it finished airing early, earlier this year in the summer. So the, in terms of the anime, it was a great year for Gundam because that show was like a lot more approachable because it was in his own timeline and it had some kind of like slice of life elements here and there. So it was much more enticing for non-Gundam fans. Right. So it brought a lot of new people into the community. But at the same time, on the game side, horrible year. This is like the worst year in recent memory because I think uh, two live service games got shut down with a third one getting shut down and it announced that it's getting shut down in January. So it's just like, and there were like no new releases either, except for one, one mobile game. Whereas last year, last year felt like we're like, Oh, we're so back. Gundam is so back because there was like three games that came out. There was talk about a live action movie. There was the announcement of that new series that was coming out. Like there was so there was a movie that got put on Netflix mm-hmm. or two, I think. So there was so much going on last year and everyone was like, this is amazing. They're really pushing Gundam to, you know, be bigger in North America and worldwide. And then we hit this year and it's like we hit a wall and it's like, oh my God. So it's to answer your question, it's tough. Like you kind of just have to work with what's out there. Um, And again, that's a big shift for me on my channel was shifting away from that fighting game that I've been covering for so long because the audience for it is just not that big anymore. Like when I first, so this one got ported in 2020. um, And when I first started posting, even though they were just gameplay videos, like it wasn't even, there was no commentary. Mm -hmm. They were getting like over a thousand views per video. Now, if I try to put out gameplay videos, they get like maybe a hundred, maybe 200 if I'm lucky. I did a few where I tried to do commentary to increase like the, you know, the engagement and see what people would think. Same thing, like 200 views, like it's just not there. So I was like, okay, if there's not, if there's not a lot of stuff coming out, whether it's on the anime side, whether it's on the game side, Mm -hmm. and then the game that I'm covering is losing popularity, that means that I need to make a change, right? Like I have to find ways to make other content that people are going to find entertaining Mm -hmm. or the algorithm is going to eat my channel alive. Like it's... Right, like you have to, you have to make something work as a creator. So, like, yeah, it's it's tough, but it also gives you that sort of challenge of trying new things and experimenting, which is you know the fun part of the process. So, I see that that is that the the reason why you 
started another Instagram account called Seiji and started posting broader themes uh, sort of content? Yeah, I mean, like I had, uh, let me think, when did I start? I think I originally came up with the whole Seiji name because there was a time period a while ago. Like when I mm-hmm. told you there were periods where I would lose interest here and there. Yeah. So there was a period where I was considering bringing on a second admin, like someone to help me run the page so that I didn't have to do it all the time. So I started just signing the posts with the name Seiji because I just came, it's like a combination of two characters' names for one of the shows. Um, so I started signing all the posts with that name so that if there was another admin, that they could sign it with their name and you would know who posted what. Mm-hmm. And then I just never ended up bringing up on another admin because I was like, no, I want to keep doing this myself. Like I'm, I like it. But, and I originally had the YouTube under the Gundam universe name as well, but I was like, if I do that, it's going to have the same problem that the Instagram page has where they don't associate it with me as a person, right? Yeah. And that's why, again, with the content that I'm making on YouTube, that's more like analytical, more discussion-based. Like I want people to come back to the channel because it's me and for the content that I'm making and not just because it's Gundam content, because it's a Gundam channel. So like, eventually I want to get to the point where if I want to talk about something that's not Gundam, so for example, I don't know how much anime you watch, but I'm really into Haikyuu, which is like a volleyball anime. Yeah. And if I want to make like a discussion piece, like same type of content, but if I want to make it on a character from a different show that's not Gundam, I want people to still be willing to watch it because it's me and they like, you know the types of discussions that I, that I bring to the table and things like that. And not just because it's Gundam, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I, I watched it quite a fair share of like anime, but I wouldn't call myself like, I, I, like a I, fan. I wouldn't say I'm like a expert in it. Um, right, right. Reminds me like Attack on, Hi- Attack on Titans, yeah, Art yeah. Online, Pokemon, very nice. like the broad ones. Um, the, yeah, it's fine. They're popular for a reason. Yeah, you know? they they were good. They were good. Um, yeah, I like I do recognize like there's like a niche out there for movies, right? Like mm. like people who dissect and investigate like like movies, yeah, yeah. like Easter eggs is like a huge thing in like mm-hmm. in, like YouTube. Um, yeah. just people doing commentaries on like movies or like yeah. animes or like um any kind of like like video theme like productions so mm-hmm. i think that's that's really interesting to see like where, where things are heading yeah, yeah. Um, you said earlier like um bandai namco reached out to you as a um, community champion that must be like a huge like game changer or not game changer but as in like it, it really motivated you really validated like a lot of that's, things that's the word that i was gonna that i was gonna use yeah it really it was a very validating thing to read that and be like oh bandai wants me to do this right because i had i had reached out to them like a few times in the past like just like messaged them on instagram like hey you guys ever want to do anything like you want to partner together let me know like i want to help (laughs) and they would just like never get back to me i was like all right i guess they don't want me (laughs) and then uh yeah i got that email it was like april of 2022 and yeah so it kind of it felt like you know everything that i had done up to this point is kind of it's starting to show the fruits of my labor i guess if to put it in the corniest way possible but yeah i see how like do you remember that exact moment when you like opened that email or that dm i do yeah i actually do because i was at the gym uh, i just got to the gym and i was in the locker room like getting changed and i got the notification on my phone 
and I thought it was a scam. <laughs> like I didn't think it was real at first. So what I did, I remember what I ended up doing was like, I tried look, I tried Googling, like, you know, what is the, the email extension, like after the at symbol that people use at Bandai Namco to compare if it was the right one. And then I like looked up the guy's name on LinkedIn to see if that was, to see if his title matched. And then I messaged him on LinkedIn. I was like, Hey, I got this email. Is this actually you? And then he said, yes. So, because I was, I was like, there's no way this is real. Like this, this is a scam. There's no way Bandai is actually reaching out to me. So yes, I remember the exact moment that I got the email. It's so funny. You, you went all your way on LinkedIn to just fair. Yeah, man. Whatever. Just to make sure I was like, I'm not taking any chances. I want to be sure. So yeah. I see. And, and for, for those who don't know, like, can you maybe describe like, what does a community champion do in like a minute? Yeah, like without without getting too much into the details, because I do I do have an NDA, but um, so I can't get into any specifics. But wow. what NDA. what we essentially do is like we help them with promoting the brand um, and with like new product promotions and things like that, and then we help them collect feedback because um, we have a much more direct line of communication to Gundam fans because we built our own communities, right? And mm -hmm. the thing is that between all of us, we have a broad reach across all different types of the community, right? Because you and I talked about earlier how there's so many different aspects to it. There's the shows, there's the model kits, there's the games, and not every fan is going to interact with every single part of the franchise, right? Some people don't want to build the model kits because they don't know how, or they don't want to try. Mm -hmm. Some people only watch the shows and they don't really want to play the games. It's just, they don't feel like playing Gundam games. So between all of us, you have a lot of different types of creators. Like there are some that only focus on a specific game. There are some that are focused on the model kits. So you get like a pretty wide reach. And so I think part of that is because um, a part of why we're, we, we help them with collecting the feedback is because fans are much more willing to like share their feedback with a creator than to like talk to a brand directly. Right. Right. So, and because we've been building up our communities for years, um, I'd like to think that my community like trusts me enough to share that feedback. So yeah. So like I can give like some examples of, of what I've done. So like there's a couple of videos on my channel where we were invited to like an early press event for a specific game. This was like Gundam Evolution, which is like their version of Overwatch. Unfortunately, it's one of the games that's getting shut down. I think it's getting shut down in four days, actually, <laughs> which sucks, but it is what it is. So when some new units were going to be coming out as part of like a new season, they invited us to like a press event and we were able to record some early gameplay so that I could put it on YouTube a week ahead of the release. And those were massive for my channel. Like I had the, this year was the biggest year that I've had on YouTube. Um, I saw a 60% increase in both uh, viewership and subscriber growth, which is amazing. And a big part of that was because of those opportunities. Like those two videos that I did for Gundam Evolution because Bandai allowed us to record that footage. I think one of them got like almost 70,000 views and one of them got in like the 40,000s. And my channel only has like 3,500 subscribers. So I don't have that many people following me. So those were those were really big. So it's kind of a two-way thing, right? Like we get these opportunities where we can create content and then in return Bandai gets the promotion to our communities and then we help them collect the feedback essentially. I see, I see. Have you ever like thought of working in Bandai Namco? 
actually I applied a couple times. I didn't like usually their positions are um a bit more like mid to senior level. They don't have a lot of like entry level stuff. So yeah. I wasn't really qualified for what I applied to. But yeah, I think like if I was qualified enough one day and I had a chance to work on the on the Gundam brand like for Bandai, I would absolutely take it. What about like moving to Japan? Is that too out of pocket? <laughs> no, I would love to. <laughs> are you kidding me? My plan when I uh, when I started working my job at the bank after graduation was to work for like two years and save up some money and then live in Japan for like two, three months, like spend a summer there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just like really like immerse myself in the culture and stuff like that. But COVID. like PewDiePie, like PewDiePie, but COVID hit, couldn't really go anywhere. So that kind of that plan kind of went to shit. Uh, but yeah, I would I would definitely consider it. I think I would have to learn how to speak the language first, obviously. But I see, I see, I see. And um, let, let's maybe back to like today, back to like presence. Like, what are yeah, what are the things that you look forward to? What are the things that I look forward to? That's a good question. Um, right now I'm mainly looking forward to whatever comes next for the franchise. Honestly, like I think there's. And I don't know for sure, but I, I think there's like things in the works because from the people that I've spoken to at Bandai, mm-hmm. like they are really passionate. Like they, they, they really want to see the franchise succeed. When I went to Anime Expo last summer, they had some of the, they flew some of the producers for some of the games in from Japan mm-hmm. to come speak to us. And then they had a translator. And like you can tell these people, like they're so passionate about what they do and they're really putting their best foot forward and trying to make things work. Like the Overwatch title, like these people had not made it a first person shooter game before. They didn't know what they were doing, but they wanted to make it work because they're like, North America likes first person shooters. Let's make one that's Gundam so that maybe they'll try this game instead of just like not giving it a chance, right? Mm-hmm. So I have faith that the people that are working on the franchise have some things in the works. Um, we already do know that there is a live action movie that's being made right now. It's being made by the um, Legendary Pictures, the same studio that made Pacific Rim. So looking forward to that. But other than that, like, again, mainly just like the different ideas that I'm trying for my channel. Like, I'm going to continue to experiment. I'm going to start branching out into some more variety things as well, I think, like things that are beyond just Gundam. But yeah, just looking forward to how much I can keep growing, how much I can change things up and find new ways to entertain people, mainly. That's awesome, man. Like, I I like to ask the guests, like, this question, um, super random, but what yeah. is, like, the nicest thing someone has done for you? Nicest thing someone, like, in relation to my content or just in general? Just, just in general. Nice thing, nicest thing someone has done for me? I would have to say... Okay, so when I uh, when I was at the bank before I quit, um, there was a moment where so I part of the, a big reason why I quit was because at the time my mental health was not in a good place. Um, the job was very very stressful. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and one day, like I was I was sitting in this chair, and my dad came into my room and he like he asked me like how my day was because I had come back from work, and I was like yeah like it was fine. And I was kind of just like out of it. And he was like, is everything okay? And I just like completely broke down. Like I had a complete breakdown. I was, I started bawling my eyes out and I was like, I can't do this. Like I cannot keep working at this place. And I was so afraid of saying that because I, you know, as a kid, I'm sure you understand as a 
not not to be stereotypical, but <laughs> as an Asian child, all the good. Expe- we, we the know. expectations, right? So I'm worried that my parents are going to be like so disappointed that like I'm quitting my job and like I'm giving up essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad and I we talked for a while, and he was like, you know, we're never gonna fault you for that. Like, if you're not happy, you should quit. Like, quit. Find something else that you're passionate about, and then do that. And that that's probably what I would say is like the nicest thing that someone's ever done for me because I, I guess I kind of felt like I was kind of alone in that um, that feeling that I like couldn't get out of what I was doing because I was like, at the same time, like it was COVID. I was like, I should feel fortunate to have a job at all. Like so many people, you know, got laid off, and I still have this job. I wasn't making a lot of money, but <laughs> it was a job. And so I was like, it feels like I'm throwing something good away. But my dad was like, no, like, we're we're never going to be disappointed in you for, you know, not doing something that you don't like. So if you're not happy, quit. Yeah. Mm, I see. I think that ties really nice to uh, my last question, which is like, for if you have to start the channel from zero again, um, what were something that you would have done differently? I would have started experimenting earlier, for sure. Um, one of the things, and I think I might have said this to you the last time that we spoke, the first time that we met, was the the best advice. Obviously, like if you ask a content creator for advice, they can tell you all oh, learn about trends and look about what's going on. Look at the trending TikTok sounds, and that's generic advice. Anybody can say that. I think the the biggest thing is just to start. Just start making stuff right because that's how you're gonna like if you make mistakes whatever who cares like that's how you're gonna learn and that's how your content's gonna get better um one of my favorite like stories that i heard recently was like it was from a university class on photography and the prof challenged he basically split the class in half and he asked half of them to try and spend the entire semester taking one perfect photo and then the other half to take a hundred photos and the people that took a hundred learned a lot more than the, per- the people that tried to take the one because they just they were practicing over and over and learning things so if i were to start from scratch again i probably would have started youtube much earlier i probably would have started streaming much earlier and just like trying different things and seeing what worked instead of just you know kind of going through the motions with the page and just posting whatever because i feel like that would have helped a lot more overall and the maybe the one other thing is like starting it under my own name in the first like starting it under the sagey name in the first place to have everything that's kind of tied to me and not being in this predicament where like the page and me are kind of separate Mm. i see i see so it's more important to really tie that with the creator rather than like the name of the page which is which yeah like and then universe could be like something else yeah like if it's your creator name right like i make content under the name Seiji like if it's as long as it's tied to my name me as a creator that's fine whereas like the page it's more tied to Gundam than it is to me Mm. the the hardest thing as a creator that I find is because like we talked about there's so much competition you know people have short uh attention spans now because of TikTok like people just scroll endlessly like and you have to deal with the algorithm the hardest thing is getting people to come back to your content or even just watch your content all the way through. And I think the way that you do that is by, you know, having a personality 
and bringing something to, something to the table as a person that makes them want to watch. Mm-hmm. They make that makes them want to watch you, not necessarily like the subject of your content. Yeah, that's cool. That's it. Might I think I think with like YouTube, um, I think a lot of people will like click into videos because of the content or because mm-hmm. of like a note of the title. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's like it's a way to like get discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, putting a content out there because no one's gonna watch the first video and be like, okay, like I like this guy's. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone's gonna be like clicking it because I like Gundam. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important. The angle should always be like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna put a lot of Gundam videos out there, and I'd say two, three, four, five videos, and like people are gonna start recognize me as a person. It's gonna yeah. like me a little bit more, and and the 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 relationship between the audience and you is like much better than like just the relationship between the audience and the page or like yeah. the name of the content, you know? Exactly. So yeah. I think that that's, that's a great way to, to, to wrap this. Like I, I like to ask people to give like a little challenge, like for, for all the, for all the audiences, like tune in right now, like, is there anything that you wanted to challenge them? I would say, I, I guess this is more for creators, but you could apply this to anything. I would say just, especially I guess with the new year coming up, like for next year, like define a goal for yourself and like stick to it. So for me, my goal with the page this year was to post every single day. And that's, and like I mentioned, like that's led to some great growth over the past four months. So if it's, if it's something like the photography thing that we talked about, challenge yourself to, you know, if you're going to start making content, challenge yourself to make like whatever it is, a hundred videos next year. Or something like that. Like set a goal and stick to it and just see where you end up after you. Like you'd be surprised how much progress you can make just by doing something consistently. Whether it's content, whether it's the gym, whether it's like learning some sort of new skill, like, you know, photo editing or something like that. So yeah, I would say set a goal, stick to it, and just see where you're at after a year. I'm, I'm sure you'll look back and you'll you'll be very pleased with the progress that you've made. Absolutely. This is right in time for New Year. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, sir. Thanks you so much for coming on, um, Julian or Seiji. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. My for, pleasure, like, Alex. For being awesome. <laughs> thanks, sir. Thanks you so much for coming on, um, Julian or Seiji. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. My for, pleasure, like, Alex. For being awesome. So this concludes the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to support the channel, please do leave a five-star rating or a like on whichever platform that you are on. And I'm always looking for new guests to bring on to the platform. And if you do have any suggestions, please do let me know. Any feedback is also appreciated. And with that, guys, I'll see you in the next one.